0: Hello, everybody. Thanks for checking in to Moving Up the Ladder, a show that brings in some expert knowledge and insight into improving your chances of success in the world of employment. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Today we'll be discussing the research conducted by the Collegiate Employment Research Institute and the findings presented by Dr. Phil Gardner about the recruiting and hiring trends for 2013. His annual report is used as a guidepost for most colleges and universities in preparing students to enter the workforce. But of course, all the information can be related in one way or another to anyone looking for a job. To help us analyze this, I'm joined by Laura Kestner Ricketts, the Director of Career Services at Marquette University, a person pretty much in the middle of this arena and an individual who was at the conference and has attended for a number of years to kind of give us her firsthand perspective as well. So, Laura, thanks for coming in today. Thank you. If you could give people an idea a little bit, uh, maybe describe the responsibilities of someone who works with career services and particularly the position you hold there.
1: Sure. Many, if not all, uh, colleges have career services centers, and so Marquette is no different. We serve students in all majors and all years looking for all career fields. A lot of times people think that career services is just for students who are looking for jobs. We also help students make intentional career decisions through making career goals, helping them find internships, which are very essential, helping students who are looking for postgraduate service after graduation, students who are going to graduate and professional school, and then of course, students finding jobs. So we're pretty comprehensive in the work that we do, and it's a really great profession.
0: Right. well obviously, you know, this is all important stuff as, as far as your world goes mm-hmm. and, and the people you're trying to help. So. One of the big reasons, obviously, we brought you on is, is this discussion of the, you were at the Conference for Colleges and Employers, the recruiting trends, um, essentially is what it comes down to, and with uh, Dr. Phil Gardner who was presenting, and you said you've been there you know, a number of years mm-hmm. to, to witness this and to get this information. So if you could just break it down, basically, what exactly did he talk about and why is it so important?
1: I think the, the best part about hearing Dr. Gardner speak is that he's a researcher and a statistician by trade. But he also has a great personality and is able to translate the data into things that um, career services folks and employers can take home and use. So what he basically does is talk about the results of his survey that he does. This year, he was able to get data back from 4,500 employers talking about their hiring intentions for the class of 2013. The focus every year is on usually the May graduating class sure. for the next year. So he talks about things like trends in where hiring is across the regions in different industries. He talks about skills that employers seek. And then he brings them some other components too that's helpful information. So it's a nice overview so that we can help students prepare so that they're part of the the group of students who is getting employed in their chosen field.
0: With that specifically then, how exactly do you sort of use this information and the research to help what you do in in trying to help students really prepare to get go into this area?
1: Mm-hmm. This helps in a couple ways. The first thing I do, and many of my colleagues do the same thing, when we get back from the conference, I write up a summary, and that is sent to all faculty and staff on campus. What I try to highlight are the things that people might be able to mention when they're working with students, um, helping students get a sense of where the jobs are. A lot of students at Marquette in particular hail from Wisconsin or even the Chicagoland area, mm-hmm. and when you have regional data, you can kind of see that maybe opening up your Geographical choices that gives you a better chance. It also helps us have better expectations about salary. Hmm. That data is helpful. Right. But then overall, really, the skills section is what I use the most with students. These are the top skills employers are seeking right now. Making sure that it's on your resume. Making sure that you're talking about those things in an, in an interview. So there are really um, practical things that we do with students, outside of um, just sharing the data. Sure.
0: Since you brought it up, let me just ask that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the skills and, and maybe those top things that employers are looking for. And, you know, some people who listen to our shows may hear similar things mm-hmm. and, and get repeated, but mm-hmm. as you and I talked about before the show, doesn't necessarily get utilized properly so what are some of those things really those key skills that employers say "Hey, this is what you gotta have
1: well I think one thing that keeps coming up of course we've always talked about communication but I think over the years that's changed quite a bit Mm -hmm. Um, with the advent of social media and texting and all of that a lot of times communication may mean just getting the message across but it's a lot more than that so being able to have a conversation versus an email um, being able to pick up the phone I have a lot of students that just don't even want to make a phone call (laughs) Um, yet that's a huge part of a lot of people's jobs Mm. so being able to communicate effectively over the phone being able to write professional emails without the lol Talk. I don't know what other thing to call it. <laughs> um, and really presentations. That's another big okay. piece because a big part of our job is to be able to communicate our ideas to a group of other people. And so that's something that we hear from employers all the time. Um, one skill that's always so surprising to me is that so many employers want students to have a, an advanced knowledge of Excel. Really, And I always think this is such a strange piece. But when you really think about your job or the job of others, think about how many times we're using that tool um, in our work. And so that's something that came up time and time again, okay. which I would say is outside of what we would normally call a soft skill.
0: Right. That, that is interesting. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess you don't really think about it, but you're mm-hmm. right. If you think about most jobs, you're yep. you're utilizing it quite a bit. Yeah. Let's get into some of the specifics, uh, you know, regarding maybe the trends and figures and what it means for for everyone, especially, obviously, this is geared towards the new hires and and graduates. But as I said, anyone looking for a job really can utilize the information. In general, how much are companies, according to their research, looking to hire next year? And are they certain they're going to hire? Is there a lot of uncertainty? What's sort of the information there?
1: You know, it's really interesting. Dr. Gardner used this really great analogy, and I'm going to share it with you if that's okay. He called it the bullwhip effect. So imagine a a bullwhip, if you can. People know what that (laughs) is. It's a whip. (laughs) And that if you if you hold a whip in your hand and you slightly move the handle or you don't move the handle at all, you may think nothing's going to happen. And that's what's happening at the corporate level. And I'll come back to that. But if you look at the end of the whip, it takes very little movement for us to have sort of chaos at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing in career services centers. If you ask me how it's going and I didn't have any other data, I would say, oh, my gosh, everybody's hiring. Our employers... <laughs> are you know, knocking down our doors to get in. They're, we have record numbers at our career fairs. So it would look as if the market is way on its way to the top. So we're seeing a lot of that. And I think the reason and what Dr. Gardner talks about is that they've delayed hiring for so many years, sure. they, they just can't not do it anymore. Okay, And they also don't wanna miss out on recent college grads. Recent college grads are, you know, they've, they've got a lot of things going for them, and then they have some things against them. But employers who know what great skills a, co- a new college grad can bring them, they're the ones who are snapping them up. So going back to the the handle of the bullwhip, there's very little activity going on at the corporate level. Okay. So when we're looking at upper management, when we're looking at strategic plans for hiring, all of that, very little is happening. Basically, all we're seeing then is just the need to fill positions right. that haven't been filled in the past. And that's great for college grads. Not so great for the uh, economy at large, and those those gap students, you know, the five to seven years out, the three to five years out, they're still going to be going to be struggling. Okay.
0: Now, one thing that did jump out at me a little bit, um, and it does relate in, in a in a little bit the same way, is this idea that there was a a strong demand really for associates degrees. Now. <laughs> You know, when I was going through school and most of the time what you hear I always is, you know, got to have a bachelor's degree, got to have a bachelor's degree. Um, this, this says maybe it's a little different now. Maybe employers are changing their thinking. I know you're not right in there in terms of what they're thinking, but... With your experience and who you people you talk to and the research, what what is the rationale or what are maybe some of the theories behind why that's in demand an associate's degree versus the the typical four year bachelor's? Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Well, if I had to venture to guess, I would say a couple things. One, the trades come out of an associate degree or or less, and that's one area that a lot of employers are really struggling to find right. um, talent. You know, I know I just heard a story recently about just finding a great welder in the Milwaukee area is very difficult. And so again, that's not going to be a college grad. Looking at an associate's degree, that's someone coming out with simply this, the exact skill set that the employer is seeking. Also, if you look at some employers, they're um, partnering with um, community colleges. Right. So they can drive the curriculum okay. to be exactly what they want. So that may be a big part of it, too. When you look at a college or university doing bachelor's, master's, PhDs, it's going to be much more academically focused, which includes educating a whole person, which means not just a major, not just a skill, right. but all of those other qualities that come with it, like, um, you know, problem solving, the qualitative, the quantitative data, um, all of those kinds of things. So
0: a part of learning these trends, you know, is obviously to help job seekers, uh, obviously, from your End, people coming out of college, and just in general, figure out okay, what's the best opportunity to get a job? Now, yes, you should figure out what what can you do, what do you enjoy doing, so you're not just you know throwing yourself into a certain circumstance you don't like. But in terms of maybe looking at the size of a company, um, you talked about corporate level. How does that affect the hiring practices, especially what they're looking at with this data for next year in terms of small companies, mid-sized, large, and and how they may look at hiring, especially. Uh, you know, people with little to no experience in this case.
1: Right. And this is the part that I think is difficult for students to understand. I don't know if it's a generational piece or it's just where we are, but so many of our students want to work for a company that they've heard of. Sure. And those tend to be big, large companies that may or may not be hiring at all. Our larger companies who are hiring are hiring a lot of students. So that okay. means, you know, maybe a class of 20 students students or a hundred students that are coming in and if they're hiring so many, there may be a weeding out process, but they're doing training groups and all that kind of thing. Right. So, those employers, I hate to say it, but those employers have already filled those classes. Those are the employers who hire in the fall. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of it. And their hiring, I believe, is down um, a little bit from last year, but not that much. And then we look at the medium-sized companies. So they may be coming to campuses, hiring one, two, three students, but that's not very many. Um, and so the competition is very high. Then we have the smaller company, you know, at that 500 to 1,000, and their hiring is up, and also even smaller companies than that. They're hiring, but they're hiring maybe one person. Right. And so... They don't have a college recruiting department. They may not even have a full-time HR person. Mm -hmm. So how they're doing their hiring is very, very different. But there may be more opportunities for students there. So that's where students have to shift. They can be applying online. They can be applying to websites. But they also need to be using their network. They need to be um, going to um, you know developing a target list of employers and looking at them. But that's where jobs are and students – have a difficult time thinking, okay, I've never heard of this company, I'm going to apply for right. it. And so, um, and that's a, an education piece that we need to, to help students better understand.
0: Sure. And that makes, I mean, it makes sense. Like you said, I mean, you hear something, you know about it, you figure that's the place to go. Everyone exactly. else is going there. I, I hear about it, it must be mm-hmm. successful. Right, right. When we shift gears a little bit and looking to the degree side of it again, we talked about associates a little bit, but also obviously um, bachelor's degrees still matter and have their place. When you're looking at specific types of degrees in the top five of what the research showed with the employers was accounting, marketing, finance, all three of those in the top five, is there a particular correlation there? Are they listed because of other specific factors of their own? What's what's sort of the the take there?
1: Well, accounting... You know, I always said, we know it's a really bad market if our county majors can't find jobs. (laughs) And um, you know, in 2008, it was a little tight, but it's never been tough for accounting students to find jobs, um, unless there's something else going on for that particular <laughs> student. Um, so accounting, a lot of that is pushed by just business in general, right. but a lot of it has to do with the government regulations. Okay, And so those regulations keep creating standards and policies that um, uh, employers need to uphold and the accountants are the ones that do that. Sure. Um, and so there's a lot of checks and ba- balances. Now, we see a future for accounting maybe being outsourced. I- I'm not sure if that's really going to happen based on the things that have happened as a result of outsourcing. But accounting, marketing, finance, all business services. Right. So, you know, it, it, this is an intellectual economy. I mean, no longer are people relying on jobs where they're using their back, but they're using their brain. That's sort of the, the terminology we use. And all of those are driven by business services. And that's what those three are. Marketing, I will say this, a lot of times students think that marketing is you know, coming up with a great campaign to promote something. Marketing is aka sales most of the time. (laughs) And so when students hear of a great marketing position, um, they're often disappointed when they find out what it is. However, I think sales is a great career for many of our students. And if they can just adjust a little bit, they may be very successful at that. So those were those three um, come in. Finance, our finance majors, they get snapped up right away. So very popular, and that happened. We see that. So that's pretty consistent
0: as far as what's up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And another one that was on there, uh, it was just listed as all technical majors, uh, you know, with a lot of the shows we've done, this to me lends itself to the fact that there's a lot of demand for it. I would assume huge, that's huge. Yeah. So, I mean, is that really what that amounts to? Is that there? I mean, is there a struggle to find talent, and that's why, or yeah. is it just they need so many jobs to fill? Like, what, what's the exact area? Both. There? Both. Okay.
1: Um, so, all technical majors. I think the reason it's clumped into one is because at, at one college it might be IT, it might be um, computer science, it might be MIS, it okay. might be all different kinds of names for it. Right. You know, I would recommend any college student to minor in a technical field. That's really important. Our employers can't, they can't find students enough. Our... I think we have maybe under thirty students who are in the IT major and for those graduating in two thousand thirteen, I think they already all have jobs. Okay. Because their internship offered them a full time position. Right, so right. they're they're already snapped up. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's a surprise again going with the business. Everything we're doing is has to do with technology. Right. Our back end of things, our front end of things, <laughs> our creative end, all of that is technologically um, driven.
0: That sort of relates, you know, to other industries and, and just in general, you hear about this this talent gap, talent shortage, um, you can't find the qualified candidates. With that in mind, and I think you touched a little bit on this um, in the summary that you had written up and, and obviously based off the the presentation and the research, but what are some of the plans that employers are using to try to circumvent the idea that We're not getting those qualified candidates. And I just jotted down notes, the idea of training or technology, that sort of thing. So, I mean, you definitely go wherever you want with this in terms of of the thought process Mm -hmm. there. But what what can they do to sort of... You know, the, the idea of bridging the gap or at least drawing out these qualified candidates.
1: I think one thing that we're, we're going to see a lot more of is recruiting students earlier. So, for example, we have a diamond level corporate partnership with an organization in town and they want to focus on recruiting sophomores. Really? In college, right. Now, I know there are other employers, especially the STEM fields, they're reaching even further back to junior highs, high schools, kind of modeling and managing students to go into those fields and then eventually go into those companies. But so sophomore, um, so this uh, identifying rising talent sooner is definitely something that employers want to do. Those are students who maybe have just chosen a major. They're needing some career-related experience, so getting them in as an intern Mm -hmm. and helping them see what a great company uh, it is. I'm going to step back a little bit and just tell you the three main sources for hiring for employers. The number one, internships. Sure. The stat is anywhere from 60 to 85% of employers offer full-time positions to their interns. And so that is their major... And it's a win-win, Oh yeah, you know, it's like trying it out. Number two is employee referral programs. So that's that's a way that they get people because someone knows someone who's great, they would get in. And the third is through career services. We're excited about that. <laughs> but I think that's a big part is the, is the internship. Another piece um, is figuring out qualified candidates. Again, going back to our Diamond Corporate Partner, they're helping us do programming for career education. So they're partnering with our office. And so we do programs that they have their name on, their brand on, really just educating students about how to choose a major, um, how to gain those skills, how to do networking, all of those things. And and that really, I think, is turning out to be very helpful. In fact, we've increased our hires to that organization 50% in one year of this partnership. Okay, Um, So that's really that's paying off. Another thing that I think Dr. Gardner talked about a lot was the training programs. And you're probably too young to remember, but (laughs) really in the 90s, 80s and 90s, you know so many of our students graduating went into management trainee programs it was very very common and popular okay. and I think with the advent of internships becoming more popular employers kind of thought oh that's our training program but what they're realizing is that students really need to be trained in a lot of different things and I know that'll be an upcoming question but <laughs> um, they need to be trained not only they need to be trained in the field and in the industry right. they need to be trained in maybe the software that's being used used and i think that with the recession hr departments were wiped out mm. training programs gone i mean they, that was all fluff for them right um in in tough times and so i think they're coming back and saying okay listen it's better and cheaper for us to hire a person once, train them, keep them, than to keep having the turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I heard a stat recently, it costs $10,000 for an employer to hire just one person. And that's the recruiting, all of that. Right. And so um, that, that's, you know, not anything to sort of um, golf at. So training programs, I think, are going to be one big thing. College recruiting, what does it look like? For our top talent, for our leaders, for our students who are superstars, it's going to be a fight for those students. Unfortunately, you know, not every single student at our university fits that. (laughs) And so – in terms of my job and what a university needs to do is just make sure that more and more of our students are have the opportunity to become um, those those stars that we see. Sure. So um, that's something that we're trying to work on is getting students educated and really professionally prepared earlier on, so they fit that bill.
0: Well, and, I, and you know, the, the idea that you brought that up, prepared, and uh, I know. You touched on that briefly about being prepared, not just in, in a way of the skills you need, but maybe there are some other things. And this was brought up in some of the research and that a lot of employers have this concern that students are unprepared, not necessarily from a skill set. Right. I mean, that right. may obviously be part of the issue, but what are some of those other worries that they're talking about exactly? Sure.
1: I, I think the biggest complaint, and it's so funny because I say employers tell us this, and then I look around and say, "Of oh, obviously, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it just... You know, we look at, in general, you know, and I think a couple years ago, books were written about this delayed adulthood. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the actual age that a student becomes, that a person becomes an adult? And it used to be, what, you know, like 18 and then 21, and now it's like 27. (laughs) Um, So, you know, forget about why, but that's, it is what it is. So when we have a, you know, when we have to talk more about professional preparation, to me, that means things like, you know, not, I hear this story a lot. You know, you can't bring your phone to an interview. <laughs> you can't text during an interview. You can't have your parents call and negotiate your salary. You shouldn't bring your parents to the career fair. <laughs> we had five this fall. Hmm. All of these have to do with maturity. Sure. They have to do with um, just having a better understanding about the world of work, what the expectations are. If you can't turn in a homework assignment on time, how do you think that's going to fly when you've got a deadline? Mm -hmm. You know, you can only go to your boss and ask for an extension so many times and then you're out of a job. And those are students that find jobs. Think about all the people who are unemployed. I don't wanna get in trouble for saying this, but. You know, I have the secret fantasy of having my own show where I make students do every single thing I tell them to and see who actually gets the job. (laughs) Um, You know, any of you out there who have had to look at resumes, I mean, it's pretty easy to pull to have the cream rise to the top. Mm -hmm. And to me, because of what what I do, there's really no excuse for that. There's so many resources to figure out how to write a great resume, um, how to do a mock interview, how to do an informational interview. Yeah. And all of those things were always options for our students so as a university and as a career services center i feel like what i need to do is really step it up and help students understand this is essential this is the expectation you need to dress professionally for a networking event i had a networking event recently i had half the students show up in jeans and a t-shirt after of course getting three notices about the dress (laughs) and all that and i thought to myself what have, where have I failed them? Right. But this is the kind of thing we're talking about. And, you know, some of the students may say, oh, I didn't know. I didn't understand. And so while it's hard to hear, then I know that I need to step up my game. I mean, I don't want a student graduating from Marquette University and not knowing they need to wear a suit to an interview. Mm-hmm. I take responsibility for that as long as I've told them. Now, if they don't do it, that's their own problem, I guess. <laughs> and I think that, that does
0: come down to a lot of it. you know. I mean, as you said, there are resources. People are telling them this. They're getting the information. We all know you have all this information at your fingertips, but the stories you're telling here, it's a common theme that we it talk is. to numerous employers and HR personnel on these shows. And um, it's really amazing that I guess people just don't get that it, it truly matters. If you really want a job, it matters. If you don't care, well then you know, I guess do what you want and, and you'll probably find out the hard way. But um <laughs> you know, unfortunately we are, are we are running a little low on time, but okay. in terms of I mean, this information that you've gotten and put together and you know, most of it obviously is geared towards the, the college graduates. So as I said, anyone listening, you can pick up guidance and tips and understand these are the trends and, and how that works. But what guidance would you offer to different types of people who are looking for jobs searching for employment um, again maybe they're switching careers maybe they are fresh out of college just in terms of trying to improve their situation mm-hmm. and um, really putting that best foot forward and giving themselves a chance to get the position as we said because employers have tendencies and there are trends there they, you know the way they recruit the way they hire with all the information you have, the experience you have, what what are some of those just essential keys guidance that you can give to them listening?
1: I would say probably three things. I think the, the first thing you need to do is you need to have a targeted career goal. You might have three but when someone says to you or finds out you don't have a job and you say, what are you looking for? And you say, well, I want to do something with the environment. Mm. Oh, that's so lovely. Right. <laughs> but instead, if you could say, you know, I'm really interested in working um, with organizations to help provide clean water to I don't know what I'm making this up right now. to Clean water to um, to victims of um, disasters. Sure. OK, so if you said that to me, instead of saying I want to do something with green, I could say, oh, gosh, you know, I know so-and-so who works with the Red Cross or I know so-and-so who does this. Or, you know, have you talked to someone at the Water Institute? So there's lots of things that can trigger me to help you. Mm-hmm. You have to have an intentional Concrete, concise career goal, number one. Because I always say the job search is like dating, right? And so (laughs) if someone says, oh, you're single, what are you looking for? And you're like, nah, I don't know, you know, I just wanna date. We all know how that turns out, right? Okay, so you have to have standards. <laughs> I'm
0: like I'm not going to comment on that, <laughs> but I appreciate the analogy. <laughs>
1: sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Number two, you have to use your networks. Hmm. That's how you find jobs. Yeah. I have people come and call me and say, I want to do an informational interview all the time. And then when I have a position open, I already know. I've met XYZ. I just had an opening. I had applicants. I already knew several of them. Mm-hmm. One actually volunteered with my office. Who did I hire? Right. I hired her.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. That's how people get jobs. And the third thing is, you really have to put your best foot forward. Employers are going to assume that this is the best you're going to look. This is the best you're going to act. And if you can't bring your A game to your job search, to an interview, you are not going to get the job. Period.
0: Well, good way to good way to punctuate <laughs> that. Not much more to be said there. (laughs) Unfortunately, that will do it for us today on our show here on Moving Up the Ladder. Obviously, nothing's 100% predictable or projectable, but the more information we can give you, hopefully the better off your odds are at getting that next position and hopefully also continuing to improve in your career. Our guest has been Laura Kessner-Ricketts, Director of Career Services at Marquette University. Thank you once again, Laura, for coming in and uh, examining these trends, giving us a little more insight into the topic.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, we want to hear from you, the listeners, as well, so please drop us an email with any comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.